Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to have my next guest, Mike Rizzo, who is the founder of MoPros. In this episode, Mike talks about the many hats he wears in running the community, growth marketer, community manager, social media, operations, the list goes on. We also talked about how Mike is building his community with his members to make sure it continues to add value. Welcome to the Community Corner, Mike. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me on, Beth. I was excited about this. Well, tell the audience. So first, can you please describe what MoPros is and what exactly it is that you do in your role? Yeah, absolutely. MoPros is a community for marketing operations professionals. So MO is marketing operations and pros is professionals, right? And we are literally much like, you know, this podcast is a podcast for community experts built by community experts for community experts. MoPros is a community that has its own podcast and its own forum for marketing operations professionals. And it's built by marketing operations professionals. So we've got lots of volunteers, myself included, as you know, curators of great content and resources to help elevate the profession of marketing operations. And uh, I specifically am the founder of MoPros, but I'm also the everything else. So marketing manager slash community manager slash like, how do we make this thing really special for the industry, you know, ideation guy. (laughs) So I do a little bit of everything. Um, I'm sort of a a flying solo on the team side of things, though I have some people who volunteer and help out in terms of membership and growth and stuff like that. That's awesome. I feel like you're not alone in the wearing multiple hats in this industry. I think a lot of community professionals wear all of those hats as well. So you're not alone in this group here. Yeah, without a doubt. I think community in general is just, it's always a a mixed bag of, you know, being marketing and uh, support and all of those things for your members, right? It's it's hard to avoid wearing multiple in this role for sure. Well, and it sounds like the MoPros community is what I would call kind of a movement community where it's people who are doing the same thing, believing in the same industry, kind of, you know, in that world. And I know that when people join the CMX community, they always say, my favorite part is that I don't have to explain what I do to people or like I don't have to explain the basics of my role because people just get it. And I imagine that when people join MoPros, they're like, my people, you all understand me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that totally happens all the time. In fact, somebody just like out of nowhere sent me an email one day and he says, I'll get pretty close on the quote here, but I was on the edge of my seat when I discovered the website for MoPros. And then I joined the community and I had to say thank you for building this place for us. Community is a hard thing to run. And when you get those little thankful moments, you know, I think anyone in any role, when you get that sense of gratitude from someone, it's a huge lift and almost like a weight off your shoulders. Like, oh, this is really winning this. But you're absolutely right. Like, when you find a community filled with your people, you're the like, the aha moment goes off. You're like, oh, I don't have to explain what I'm doing. And 
that's absolutely like the whole ethos of why I had created MoPros to begin with back in 2017. It was like, I was a team of one. Nobody understood the problems I was dealing with. And I was like, if anybody wants to talk shop about these things, come join us. And then it kind of grew. And truthfully, like I joined the CMX kind of community ecosystem a couple of years back when I had moved back into my role. Um, I kind of boomeranged back to Mavenlink to start community for them. And it was a B2B focused community, as well as working on their client advisory board. And I dove in like super deep into community. And I was like, of course, there's a community for community builders. (laughs) Like, why wouldn't there be something so meta? And but I, I have to say, like, I was super, super pleased to be like connected with an ecosystem full of people that knew the struggle of like, where does community fit? How do you do this? What's the go-to-market strategy for building community when there hasn't been one ever? You know, all of those things were really tremendously helpful. Definitely. Well, and so I want to talk about the MoPros community specifically. And you mentioned that you have volunteers. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts. We talk a lot about the community-led growth and like community-led is the kind of next phase of growth in companies. And how do you define that at MoPros, that community-led growth? I think the term for me really resonated in that like all of what we have today in MoPros is really pulled together through ideas that the community wanted to see come to life. Yes, I am an expert in marketing operations. I've been practicing it for my entire career and I'm practicing it. Speaking of meta, right? Like I'm using tools to automate our community kind of processes. But at the end of the day, the community is all about, you know, What does the community want to see happen? And so if you're not actively building alongside of your community, and in some cases, that's your customers, obviously ours is essentially that, right? Like our community members are our customers. And even though a lot of it's free, we still need to build things that are valuable. And so I think the community-led model is just all about trying to understand what, what is value. Like what does value look like to you as a member? And, and sometimes that gets really nuanced and really complicated. We have members who span multiple different backgrounds and different journeys along their career trajectory and marketing operation. And so for us, it's, you know, how do you help someone who's breaking into this role for the very first time versus how do you create value for someone who's been in it for 15 or more years? And those look pretty different. But I'd say the one like consistent thing is that they want to connect and talk to each other. So you know, creating more environment for that, whether that's in a Slack forum or a proper forum or in meetings like this, right? One-to-one, that's a pretty consistent thing, but the community led us there, right? I certainly wasn't going to go, you know, throw, what are they, what's the saying? Like throw spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks kind of a thing. Like there's a little bit of that that happens in community building, right? But like, that's all with the intent of, all right, does that resonate? Is that value? And most of the time, I ask before I leave, you know, truthfully, it's, you're building a product. Like, at the end of the day, if you think of yourself like, (laughs) you know, not to add another job to us, but like, if you think of yourself like a product manager, right? And you have like a hypothesis, like, hey, I think our users would like to see this happen. Now I need to go survey the market to get a sense of do I think that's valuable? That's absolutely how community led should work, right? You're building alongside your customers. so. For what it's worth, that was a long answer on what community led us to me. (laughs) 
I'm glad that you talk about the fact that you ask your community because I think that, you know, communities become a buzzword. A lot of organizations are starting to build community because they know they should, but they're building something for the community instead of building with the community. And I think that that's only one word in a sentence, but it changes the entire trajectory of your community roadmap and how people are going to interact with your brand and how they're going to interact with each other is ask them, what do you need? What problem can I solve for you? And then be honest if you're like, there's no way I can solve that problem for you. (laughs) (laughs) But then maybe I can. And like, let's work together to build a space that is going to mutually benefit us both, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think when done the right way, and you're doing it alongside your, your community, your customers, your partners, whoever it is that you're building this kind of environment for, it's genuine and it's authentic. Like if you're asking those questions, yes, it'll help your business's bottom line eventually, but like you're not measuring community based on how much new revenue you're growing. You're measuring it based on providing value, right? If you're, you know, I guess if you were to like try to deploy an NPS service survey, right? Like, hey, how likely are you to recommend this community to other, you know, users of the product? I think that should be high. <laughs> you know, if you're asking the right questions, ideally it would be a, a pretty high ring. And so, yeah, I think like ask the right questions, create the value, and the rest will kind of trickle down along the way. And so you spoke about wearing all these hats, and now you're talking about measuring. So you clearly wear a metric tracking reporting hat of some sort. What are some of the metrics that you track, and what are some of the metrics that you you know use to gauge the growth or the success of your community? Yeah, I think coming from marketing operations, I definitely have like overkill in terms of stats and all of those things. Um, but we measure everything. I've got a spreadsheet for website visits down to membership signups for you know, membership through paid. We're looking at podcast downloads on a pretty regular basis and which episodes specifically resonate. At the end of the day, I look at everything, even like Slack channel, like which Slack channels seem to have the most you know traction and conversations happening. But the reality is, is like, I don't have any one answer for like which thing is like most obvious to why we continue to see, you know, more members signing up or what have you. It's difficult to say that any one element is contributing great, you know, more greatly than the rest. But I think it's important to be prepared to answer questions when you have a hypothesis and think of it again as like your product, right? Where it's like, hey, I really think that, you know, people coming in from a particular channel, whether whether you have a referral program, I don't, but kind of wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> or you have like a podcast or a blog or what have you. If you think they're more likely to become a free member versus a paid, you know, test your hypothesis and make sure you're ready to answer those questions and set yourself up for scalability efficiencies to be able to get there quickly. That's very marketing ops like <laughs> mentality for sure. Uh, it's just be prepared for that. And then, you know, you're, you're building for scale. So. I'd say track as much as you can, but don't. The one piece of advice I would share is like, don't build a spreadsheet and keep entering data into it if you're literally, but if you have clear intent and like, hey, this will advise, I need this so that I can advise myself in a couple months on where I should go next with this community, then at least start now. But 
yeah, today I track a lot of things and I still don't yet know exactly what I'm going to do with all the data. <laughs> well, I guess, but surely that those metrics and, and the things that you are tracking and that you see, you know, podcast downloads, like that would inform how you decide what programs to implement, you know, like you started a podcast, you have an online forum space. What are some of the other community programs that you have? Yeah. We definitely use the data to advise whether or not we want to pursue creating more content like that, right? So if we if we see that downloads, even if they're holding at a relative norm, then for like the podcast, for example, then we still know it's resonating really nicely. Of course, we've been seeing growth, which is always lovely. But, you know, we, we understand that we want to keep pursuing that. In terms of other programs, we have things like for our members only, we have things like the no bullshit demos. And these are a way for us to really cut through the noise of like, what is it that a marketing tool does uh, for any team? Um, specifically for the marketing operations professional, like, we don't really like going through the rigmarole of like reaching out to sales and then talking about our goals and then you know, figuring out, okay, what does the product do? And do I need, what's the, you know, what's the budget? Do I need a partner to implement? We go through all of that really fast in about less than 20 minutes. And, and then we share it with the community. We do gate those behind membership, but the only way to collect information about whether or not those are resonating is either to have the tool in place to measure the views, right? Whether that's YouTube or Listia or whatever you have, or just by literally like surveying how this stuff is resonating. The real challenge, and like we have a forum, right? I spun up a forum for our members a while ago. And the reason for that was like Slack. Sorry, everybody, but like Slack is not a forum, right? <laughs> um, and so the trained user behavior in Slack is to just ask a question. It's not to really go look up if anybody's already asked that question. And then when you're limited by the free plan, like you can't find the answer because it's gone into the ether of the message limitations. And so we spun up this forum and we're measuring, hey, like, do people actually want to use a forum? And the like very clear answer is like, no, <laughs> like, you know, they like it. They like it from time to time, but like everybody loves instant gratification and that's okay. Like I, we're not going to bury Slack. It'll stay there for as long as Salesforce decides to leave it free for us. But all of the data informs those decisions to your point. Like every program you spin up, you do need to measure to some degree. I don't really have a pass fail for any of them yet. I'm sure at some point, though, I, there will be enough data out there on like our program for no bullshit demos to say, hey, yeah, like we'll just stop with the ones we produced or like, no, let's double down and do more. So we'll see. Totally. Well, maybe we should do another conversation next year so that we could check in on how your programs are going. If you've learned anything, if you've had to shut anything down or added anything new. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good idea. We could totally do a check in and be like, where did Mike end up with? <laughs> did he actually look at that data? Yeah, it'll hold you accountable. <laughs> yeah, it's like now I'll treat I'll treat CMX. Did you look at that data? <laughs> yeah. I'll treat CMX and this podcast as my my boss. I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna have to report on this <laughs> in a year. So I'll, it, that's okay. I love I'm okay it. with that. I like the pressure. I'm good with it. <laughs> okay, I love it. I love it. I'll message you next year and be like, okay, I'm back. <laughs> Well, this is a very short podcast. And so we've come to my last question, which is the one that I ask everybody. And that is, who is a community builder that you would love to grab lunch with? I would say, actually, I have two. Ben over at uh, Catalyst and Brian Oblinger, both of which have just been tremendous uh, friends and partners through the journey of creating community and their general. And, uh, I, you know, if I had an opportunity at lunch with both of these folks. Awesome. Well, I think that that 
could even happen one day when we're back to in person. <laughs> no, one of these days, right? We did our in person uh, summer days. camps, which was pretty fun. But you know, that was right before all this craziness started to happen again. So hopefully, we'll all get back there. Yeah. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you and learn more about MoPros. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure, and uh, I look forward to getting my check-in next year. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre.